Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Hey, welcome to the Podcast Review Show. Today, we're looking at the World Music Foundation podcast. We've got John from that, and joining me, I always forget which way to go, right over there, there, is uh, the one and only Eric K. Johnson. You might know him as the podcast talent coach. And uh, Eric, you ready to have some fun with John tonight? I am, Dave. This is going to be fun. You and I are both big fans of music, so reviewing this uh, this podcast was a joy. Looking forward to getting back in the saddle and getting at it. Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised because I love the blues, and he pulled out something that I was like, really? I, I did not know that. So, uh, John, thanks for coming on the show. It's allowed. That's the whole reason we exist right there is to get that reaction. Well, I didn't know that I was when, so. when you talked about the guy that inspired uh, Robert Johnson, uh, I was like, wait, who I'm like, wait, wait, I should know that name. And I was like, I was like, come on, holy cow. So what got you into starting the world music foundation podcast? Well, we'd have to back up and first get into why I started the world music foundation. Foundation, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, I founded that nonprofit in 2012 and it's basically the whole purpose is opening minds through music. It's the behind the scenes idea is bringing people together across cultures through music. So we've, we believe and research has shown that if you can get people listening to the music, that's an easy gateway into actually listening to the people, the culture, respecting the people of the culture. So that's what we do. And this is a new edition. As you'll know, it's, it's brand new. It's only, we're on episode as of now, I think we've, we've published seven, but the, so we, we added this as being a free resource for what we do. Cause our other, the other ways we accomplish our mission is we bring top level recording artists from different cultures into schools. So the music students actually interact with them and they, have their mind blown and realize, Oh yeah, I guess it's not only these old white guys that happen to be amazing. <laughs> <in that music. laughs> so we blow the doors off those presumptions. And then we do concerts and we also do lessons um, in Chicago and Kansas city all over and via Skype. So this podcast, we reach schools that we try our best to get grants and support and this kind of thing. But we were just thinking, what can we do to, to live out our mission and just broadcast it across the world. And whoever tunes in podcast seem to fit the bill that anyone could access it. How long has the uh, world music foundation been around? Since 2012, I started off in the music business, just for profit. So I've slowly been transitioning into the nonprofit side. So technically it's been around since 2012. It's been strong on the nonprofit front since 2015. Great. How, how much of a, I don't want to say hassle, but like what kind of work goes into setting up a nonprofit? Cause I've heard a couple of people have, have thought maybe I should turn my podcast into a nonprofit. And I'm like, that involves the legal system. And I'm like, I've got a lot of paperwork and things like that. What's uh, can you give us kind of the reader's digest condensed version of what goes into it or. 
it would come down to the why would be a big deal. But mm. uh, as far as how to do it, technically to start a nonprofit, like starting any business, you could, you could have a nonprofit in a few short pages, not that big of a deal. A 501c3 tax exempt nonprofit public charity, like the world music foundation where you can make donations and people can, can use it as a write off where you can, you, you don't pay taxes on it, tax exempt. IRS is not giving that out very easily. So that becomes, but you basically just dive into the process and go down the wrong route and correct course, just like anything else, kind of jump into it. Yeah. Did you, it's a lot of, did you do it yourself or do you have to, is it one of those things where you better get a lawyer involved? uh, Like most things that I do. And a lot of the reason being because of the nonprofit and the budget is that there's a lot of things I should outsource, which I did not. <laughs> Thankfully, this came out, uh, as far as I can tell, very well. But but no, I, I did it all myself. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the episode. And what I've got here is a clip. We're just going to listen to the first two minutes because it's, well, you'll hear. You, you just kind of bust right into storytelling time. It was really cool. So here's uh, the first two minutes. Hello, hello, and welcome again to the World Music Foundation podcast. I'm your host, John Gardner. And today, we speak about an important part of American music history that was nearly lost. Well, the inspiration for today's episode actually came from my personal life. I was up in Wisconsin just a handful of weekends ago, and I was in a resale shop. And I saw hanging there three fairly amazing original paintings of hardcore bluesmen. Now, these weren't your more mainstream or widely well-known artists like Muddy Waters or B.B. King. We're talking some pretty deep cuts. Blind Lemon Jefferson, Charlie Patton, Skip James. And the reason it stood out to me as surprising or unexpected is if you're not familiar with the United States, Wisconsin is a very northern state. So the blues, of course, if you trace it back far enough, goes back to Africa. But the blues as we know it, we would say originated in the southern states of the United States. So Mississippi, Texas, that kind of thing. It came from the plantations. Very deeply rooted African-American history. Now, Wisconsin is about as far from that as you can possibly get. It runs about 85% white. It's just so far from the environment that created the blues. So that kind of got my attention. I thought it was interesting, but mainly I just needed to buy those paintings. I got two of them. I couldn't find room for Skip James, sorry. But the other two are hanging in my hallway here. But I didn't think too much of it until the next day. The next day, it was a pretty musical weekend. I was at a screening of a documentary on Big Bill Brunzi. It was called Big Bill Brunzi, the man who brought the blues to Europe. And in that documentary, they mentioned that he had recorded for Paramount Records. Well, not too surprising. As a fan of the blues, I realize almost anyone who was anyone in the early 1900s recorded for Paramount Records. But specifically, they mentioned that he went up to Grafton, Wisconsin to record for Paramount Records. And there you go. So, uh, Eric, I'll let you go first. What did you think of the intro? Uh, there were things about the intro that I loved and things that I would 
adjust. Um, I love the tease at the beginning when you said uh, an important part of American music history that was almost lost. I was like, wow, this is going to be awesome. Can't wait to get into it. Love that part of it. I would have liked to have heard um, a little bit more of what we were going to talk about in this particular episode because it took me a long time to figure out that this was kind of the the story of Paramount Records just from listening to the episode, you know, because I didn't go, I intentionally don't go read the show notes and everything prior to listening. I listened like, like Dave had sent me the link to the podcast saying, this was a really cool show. You need to listen to it. And I hit play. So I'm listening. Um, so I would have liked to have heard a little bit more of the thesis of the show, like what, what we intend to accomplish, um, you know, how we, uh, you know, how the blues grew from Paramount Records and how it was almost all lost to to history or something like that. Just what, what where we're going with the episode. Um, more importantly, though, I would have liked to have heard a little bit more about what the the podcast is all about, like yeah. the, the episode itself. Not not this episode, but the show itself overall, because I don't I didn't realize there was actually a world music foundation, like a legitimate foundation until the end of the show. When you talk a little bit about it, I just thought World Music Foundation was the name of the show. Like, like, hey, we're the consortium, like we're the guys that talk music. And I didn't I didn't realize it was more than just you. I just thought it was that that's what you called the show. So I would have liked to have heard just a touch, maybe. 20 or 30 seconds at the beginning, like this is the official podcast of the World Music Foundation where we try to, uh, you know, create uh, uh, cultural harmony through music or whatever your whatever your slug is. So we kind of get the idea of this is what we do on the show. Each episode, we talk about a genre of music and a little nugget you may not have known or whatever it happens to be, but just something like that to kind of set up what the show is all about. And then this particular episode, you started to get into it there with that little piece of music history that it was almost lost, but give me a little bit more meat on that bone and tell me where we're going with it. But I thought you, you the way you open that story and the way you just kind of plunk yourself into the record shop and you find these guys on the wall. And uh, I, I love the storytelling. I love the visualization the as we'll get into a little later my favorite part about the whole thing is it really feels like you're telling me the story and you're not actually reading the script word for word and you're telling me what happened and you're you're weaving in this story of paramount records which i thought was it was a great story i loved the episode overall um but it just took me a minute to kind of figure out where the heck we were off to <laughs> like we we hit the ground running and i'm like john where are we going like where where are you taking me? <laughs> Let's figure this thing out here before we get too far into it. Yeah, it's funny because Eric and I don't compare notes until we we kind of do this, and that's the exact same thing I had. I was listening to it, and it started off exactly what I thought. Because when I hear world music, I think of either Paul Simon or Peter Gabriel or some sort of Egyptian sitarish kind of thing. But yet it had steel the drums. Yeah, steel drums are in there too. Yeah, and so it started off exactly like that. And then I'm with you. I love the tease. I thought that was cool. But I was like the first minute, I'm like, okay, so is this, are we going to listen to world music or, and then you're going on about Wisconsin and I'm like, okay, so is this a 
history show or so for like the first couple of minutes, as you're telling the story, I'm trying to like go, okay, what am I listening to? What is this? And that's, so I'm with Eric. If you had just, you did a great job of, of getting us teased into the episode. But for me, I, I think an intro should also, even though you're always going to have people that come back, something to explain, welcome to the blah, blah show where we blah, blah, blah. Just so that I know like, okay, here's, here's what we're doing. So, but I um, think, uh, I think once you hit the part about Paramount being part of the furniture, furniture factory and uh, you know, how it was, it was only created to pay the bills and they were looking at a way to make money to make ends meet. And we got into that. Then I went, Oh, okay. Now I get it. Now I see where we're headed with the, with the story. Um, but starting in Wisconsin and the blues started in the South and, uh, you were at a record collector and I was, it just took me a minute to catch on. But as soon as I did, it, everything else was gravy. I mean, it was all, we were up and running. It was fantastic after that. Um, just a little tweak at the beginning yeah. would have kind of put the map in my hand as we were ready to go. But I, uh, yeah, and I, I introduce myself each time that I'm your host, John Gardner. Yep. Today we talk about, there's definitely room for one or two sentences. Yeah. Today on the World Music Podcast, World Music Foundation Podcast, where we talk about the similarities across cultures, something yeah. as a tagline to, to lead into it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, just use the tagline you use on the website uh, just to kind of tell us what the World Music Foundation is all about. What's the purpose? What's the mission? And that kind of tells us what the podcast is all about. And then today we're talking about an important, uh, important part of American music history that was almost lost and, and how Paramount records, uh, the history of Paramount records was also almost destroyed or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Or even now, after the break, give some, do the teaser maybe after the break, would it still work there? If I said yep. about Paramount records, it started off as a furniture factory ended up recording the most amazing bluesmen in history. Here's a story of it. Yeah. Just something, it, like something like that. Yeah. Just to kind of tell us we're talking about Paramount records through the episode, just to kind of give us a little taste of it. You don't really even need to go into any of the big details that you reveal through the story. You do a great job uh, through the entire episode. The, the progression of the story, the momentum kept moving forward. Uh, you kept adding in new characters and new nuances throughout the story. Your storytelling was great. Uh, it's just that opening paragraph of the story where you really hook me uh, could use just another, another sentence. That's, that's about it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. And for me, when you're, I, I love the fact that you're, well, I, I'm assuming this is scripted. Yeah. Okay, because for me, we, the, thing, the thing I loved about it is I'm like, because there was not an um in the place. There wasn't any kind of stuttering. But yeah. I never felt like you were reading it to me. That's the yeah. part I really liked. I thought you did a great, I'm like, do you have any kind of radio background or anything? No, I listened to it. No. <laughs> no, actually, we, we found out pretty quickly because this is my second episode. It's my first time ever talking you know, I don't have radio background if that ding was for me. <laughs> but uh, it was my first time ever going like on a script and that kind of thing. And, and I have interns that work with me mm-hmm. and found out real quickly that I do not stick to a script. So it, it ended up, they wrote out a script and we all did together, but my readings would always come out. I was like, I'm not going to try to force it. And I got that from you, Dave. 
basically everything for good or for bad. So if you tear me up too much, you got <laughs> it's my fault. If it's great, it's yeah. my fault. Excellent. <laughs> so I, I intentionally said, I, I don't want to get in the habit. The way we start this show in our first few episodes, if I set the tone where I'm NPR, what kind of, that's right. not me. I, well, I said, the, the thing I, I liked about it is there, there are extremes. You have the person that, that goes for the NPR and they have absolutely no zero. They have a very little voice inflection and they're almost whispering. And then, and then you have the other person that's a roller coaster where everything is like, look at me. I have tons of voice inflection. Cause I'm just going to do this. And I'm like, who, and, and you were just nice. It was just, it really sounded like you were just talking to me, but yet I knew you were reading a script and I'm like, that's really, I was like, that was pretty cool. So that was, that was one I was like, what if this guy's got a radio background? Cause that was the one thing that really, I, we listened to this multiple times and I think it was the third time I was like, you know what? He's reading this, but he's, I never would have guessed it. Cause I'd already listened to it twice. So yeah, I could awesome. feel the structure of the script there, but I could tell that you were kind of telling me the story rather than reading it to me because even though there weren't ums, there were it were there were natural um a, a natural structure of a conversation there. Like as you you talk differently than you write. And so when you write something, it's very proper and it's very scripted and and there's very few conjunctions in there. When you talk, it just kind of goes and it and they all kind of roll into each other. And I could feel that coming through as you were as you were going through the script. Like the script was there to give you some framework, but you were telling me the story and and just kind of following the script as a path, which I thought was great. It it really added to the storytelling. Uh, ability uh, coming through the speakers. And I, I love that you are, you know, relating, you know, the facts of the day. But on the other hand, if we all loved facts, you know, the encyclopedia would be the best, you know, top seller. And I love like when you say, uh, I just needed to buy those paintings. You know, I got two of them. I couldn't find room for, for Skip James. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, poor Skip James. You know, Odd man out. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was a cool little, just uh, that your personality was, was showing through. And the other thing that to me just shows kind of the mission of, again, the whole nonprofit is, is teaching people and in the history lesson. And I have this clip here, which to me is, is uh, I, I do this on my show on occasion. You, you want to make sure somebody got the point. So I love this one. Are you catching this? This guy walks right into the office of these white executives and says, look, man, I'm going to save your business. He's up from Chicago. He's slick dressed. He's saying, man, I've got connections. I know Bessie Smith. He said, I know Jelly Roll Morton. And he says, I can get these guys. I can get them to record for you. I'm connected. I'm plugged in. And he gets them to go for it. Now, again, they're not doing this hoping to preserve the culture. They're not doing this because they want to document this great music. They're just trying to spin a buck. That's as American as it gets. We owe J. Mayo Williams a huge debt for having that bravery, for having that foresight. If it wasn't for him, very likely. There's several artists that shaped the music as we know it who never would have been heard. And so I, a couple things there on that. You didn't do a ton of it, but it was just enough dash on the little sprinkles on the, on the Sunday was when you said he was slick dressed. And this guy walks in and you start, I start getting a picture of this guy walking into this office. So it really kind of sucked me into the story. And I just love the fact that, that I just listened to that 
and I kind of got what was going on, but I didn't quite get the magnitude of it. So I thought that was just a, a, a nice bit of personality that you're like, Hey, hold on a second time out. I want to make sure you just got what you just heard. So I thought that was a, a nice touch of that. That's definitely the beautiful the thing about that clip is uh, your use of music. Mm-hmm. A lot of people use music um, as the feature. You use music to support the story and to move it along. When you're talking about this guy, he's walking into the, he's walking into the offices. Your music gives that foundation and kind of sets the tone, sets the mood of the day, kind of puts us in that time period. And it, it, that's exactly how you should use music. You did a phenomenal job with that. Thank you. In our offices, background music is a bad word. We don't want just, just for music, for music's sake, as someone says. Well, yeah. the, other, the other thing I, I loved about it is a lot of this music is horrendous. It's, it's like, it sounds like it was recorded in, I don't know, 1910, because I don't know, it was recorded in 1910. So it's, you know, but on the other hand, that then puts my, my brain to go, oh, wait, we're talking about like, this is way back. This isn't you know, like 1950. This is 19, you know, it's way back there. So yeah. we uh, needed it to be a little grainy like that. Oh, for yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is not something you want to run through, you know, pro tools or, you know, RX seven <laughs> and clean up. We want to hear that static and the, you know, I please don't auto tune that guy's guitar. That's my favorite thing about the Delta blues, all these guys, you know, orange peel, you know, Johnson or whoever, uh, you know, and this guitar's out of tune. I'm like, Mark Marin, same thing. But anyway, uh, the other thing, just a, a, a shot of, again, personality. And I saw where Eric mentions this too. Uh, this is, I think, I think my favorite clip where you're talking about trying to go back. This place has gone out of business. And now people have tried to go back and find all these recordings. And uh, unfortunately, you find out what's happened to some of them. Okay, so 10 years went by, but they started selling their metal masters to what? Collectors or something? For, uh, of course, uh, war affairs. Oh, come on! A long period of time, there wasn't enough interest in it because simply there wasn't enough material left of that company. So I love that. <laughs> I was going to record over that. So I'm glad you like it. <laughs> oh no, that was to me. It was, and again, it just shows your personality. Uh, it shows the passion of. Uh, it's just one of those things where, like, I don't know. Um, they're just some people value that stuff, and some people don't. And it's obvious through your response that, like, oh, these people had no idea what they had. It's like the person that you know, has a Stradivarius and, you know, sells it at a garage sale for five bucks. You're like, wait, what? You know, you yeah. could have sent your kids to college selling that, you know? So the best way to engage an audience is to keep them wondering what's going to happen next. And when you occasionally throw in your natural reactions like that, um, it keeps people on their toes because they're not sure what you will say next or what will happen next or, what your reaction might be. And a little of it goes a long way. I think you did it twice in this episode where you kind of took me off guard and that just kind of keeps me engaged and my interest peaked because I'm not sure what will happen next. When you can get your audience to, I won't say, I wonder what's going to happen next. Then you know, they're engaged with your content. Yeah. There's a, uh, a podcast I listened to called uh, pod news with James Cridlin and I got to meet him, um, I guess it was last year at this point in Australia. And uh, I said, I, I love it when you just, 
you crack the door for just this much snark to come through and he'll just have a little snide remark. I said, I love that. He goes, Oh, because that's so not, he goes, I'm supposed to be a journalist. I go, ah, throw that at the, make it fun. And the one day must've been a slow news day. And he, he, he reported that Rob Greenlee, who's had a windows phone forever, uh, changed in his, his windows phone for an iPhone. And he goes in related news, hell has frozen over. Cause it was so unexpected. So uh, I hear where he does that every now and then. I'm like, so it's that same thing. If, if he doesn't go crazy, I don't want like wacky, wacky news all the time, but just every right. now and then it has that like, all right, is he going to throw in a zinger here or whatever? Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is this is not, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're with this person, like you went on a tour of this town. Is that correct? Yeah, because yeah, here, sure. here's, this, here's this clip which used to be the only thing that would designate the site as anything to do with Paramount history is a new shiny, easy to read marker, which stands at the spot of where the recording company actually used to be. So this is the Milwaukee river after the great depression, they just dumped a bunch of the records into this river. And that's why history detectives, PBS history detectives came here. There's a link for that at WMFpodcast.org, Of course. And so there were a couple of things. I, I know, Eric, you, you made a note about this. You, you do a really good job of, without being just like, let's just blurt out my website address, you know, 8 million times. You say it when it's appropriate, you say it and you get in and get out. But I, to me, when I heard that, that you were on-site interviewing this person, I'm like, well, this isn't just a person that's just, you know, doing 8 million Skype calls and things like that. Did you, was this trip specifically made to do the background terrace? Cause I know you ended up in a, a place looking at paintings, but which one came first? I, I, how did you end so up it, in Wisconsin? It was really, it happened like the way in the podcast that found the paintings. I came back to Chicago, the history kind of started revealing itself. And I was like, who can we contact about this? I just started the podcast idea. So I was like, I got a hold of her uh, Angie Mac Riley in Wisconsin and Alexander took, and I wasn't going to fly to, to Denmark. So right. I can make it. To, so, but also I wanted, wanted to be there on the spot when it happened, you know, like, and my, my wife went with me and she just said, you can feel the, like the ghost of the people that were there. And it's just going to be a different feeling of being there on site and yeah. with her in person. So, so yeah, I made the trip. And if you like that, I don't know when it'll come out, but in a couple of weeks, I'm actually traveling down to Mississippi for the Gilt Picnic, delving into the tradition of African-American fife drums. There's a, a Gilt Picnic, Everybody Hollering Goat was an album of a famous fife player. So we're making the trek. And you are saying goat as in G-O-A-T. Yeah. Everybody hollering goat. All right. Well, there you, you have me <laughs> intrigued. So... I really love the format of this show where you take these interviews and you splice it into your story. It is a ton of work to do that and uh, to map it all out and to figure out which actualities and sound bites you're going to use to support your story. Um, but you did a, an amazing job at it, especially since this was only episode number two. It sounded phenomenal. It would have been so easy to just get Alex on the phone and do an interview with him and call it a day and make make it a typical interview sort of podcast the way you weave it all together and you use um 
you use various voices and different characters and different locations and weave that all into your story. Uh, I thought you did a phenomenal job there. And one of the things I really appreciated is uh, later on in the episode, after you talk to her, you go back and you drop in a clip of Alex again and you kind of make reference back to him. Yeah. And you said, you said that was Alex who we talked about early or talked to earlier in the episode. You kind of bring us up to speed with who the characters are and, oh yeah, that's the guy that's over in Denmark and about the thing. And, uh, and, and you kept me up to speed as the story went along. And I appreciated that. I thought the, the, just the editing and the formatic structure of the show was spot on. Yeah, what well, did- I have to give a shout out to Alex Heaney, Sydney Ortiz. Uh, we've got, we've got interns that, that are learning this process, basically not from me along with me. So there's, there's been different people with input on the different episodes and they've, they've been great through all of it. So the, the format of the show actually of the whole world music foundation podcast, it, it is interview a lot of times. So we'll interview musicians again from around the world, top musicians and talk about their influences from different cultures when they first experience music of different cultures. So we have two types of episodes. We have the interview episodes with the artist, and then we have these, we call them spotlight episodes, where we dig into a theme or a topic or hmm. things like that. I nice. loved it. Yeah. Uh, another clip I had, and this is, again, just showing to me your, your passion for just the education and for music in general. Um, and again, going back to, valuing something that other people don't. It's just a quick little clip here. Andy's two copies are probably the only copies of that Paramount record collection for miles and miles in that area. It's just not the music of the people that live there, but it's music of the world. It's music that's important and it's a perfect example of what we're going to look into with this podcast. And so again, that so does not sound like you're reading that. I guess that's another great example of that because you really yeah. sound like, wow, there's only two of these left, you right. know, and there's, and there, that, that may be the only two. We're not sure, but it's definitely not something you're going to find at Walmart, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and so that to me just, um, it brought emotion to the episode, you know, again, just, just, uh, authenticity and, and passion and, and just the whole thing. I was like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Really. That guy is, is into this. Uh, and then the other thing I, we already mentioned how you, you drop in the website address, but this was just a great example of you uh, teasing next week. We talked about how you had a great tease at the beginning of the show to get us to listen here. You're teasing next week. The podcast and our nonprofit is called the world music foundation. And we know that's a pretty difficult term to pin down. Next week, we'll have on this show an interview with one of the men who invented the term world music. You can actually pin it down to the exact date and even the exact bar where this term was created. So tune in for that next week. So I was like, well, all right, that was nice. Uh, Again, uh, right to the point, get to it, make the tease. Don't get too, uh, um, you know, uh, distracted like Dave is because... Somebody's calling his phone, and even though I, I have too many things here that I could have sworn I put this on Do Not Disturb, but edit point one. <laughs> you know, there's a big difference between uh, teasing and promoting next week's mm-hmm. show, and uh, uh, this is one thing that um, 
I try and teach to as many people as I can. Promoting next week's show is, hey, tune in next week when we uh, when we talk to Skip Bishop uh, right here on the podcast. That's a that's promoting next week. You haven't you haven't created any anticipation or fear of missing out with me. When you say tune in next week, we're going to talk to the guy who invented the term world music. And he's even going to tell us about the bar he was in when it happened. That's like, holy crap, I got to hear that story. That's creating some anticipation and some fear of missing out. That's what a tease is supposed to do. You give people 80% of the story, but you leave out the most important 20%, so they have to tune in to get it. And a great tease is something that you can't Google. If we talk about, you know, uh, we're going to talk to the guy who invented world music next week. I just go on and I go, uh, world music inventor, and his name comes up. I can Google that. But if you talk to me about the bar in which it was created and how it actually happened, that's something I'm not going to go find on the internet and I have to come to your show to get it. So great job in, in actually creating an authentic tease for the next episode. Right and, and then uh, you wrapped up the show uh, with this. So look, you never know when you might hear or learn about something that's going to change the entire direction of your life. We in this podcast aim to be that friend that you might not have that can turn you on to things from every part of the globe. You will become that friend for others. Share what you learn here. Share about the music, the people, the cultures that we expose you to. And let's just get a broader worldview going for ourselves, for the people we know and care about. And let's just have fun doing it. By now, you should probably know our website, WMF podcast.org always there will be extra information there and links definitions photographs much more information for the extra curious you can go to wmfpodcast.org also you can shoot us a reply shoot us a hello tell us what you're liking what you're not liking about the direction we're taking here at the beginning of this podcast but most importantly continue to listen widely open ears equals open minds We'll see you next time. There you go. So, Eric, I'll let you uh, start off there with the ending of the show. So, I like the ending of the show. I love how you get into it with, uh, you know, share what you what you hear and what you learn. You know, open others' minds and ears to it. Uh, what I would have liked to have had was a little clearer call to action. Like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to turn a friend onto this podcast, suggest they come listen? Do you want me to share my favorite music with them? What is it that you want me to give me, give me, give me a little clearer action step. What's the one thing you want me to do? And the other thing I would have liked at the end was to clean up that call to action. You asked me to do about seven things there. You know, we usually get into that on this show is everybody's like, Hey, go visit the website and email my mom and don't forget to call her on her birthday and send me a, send me some pancakes and don't forget to check me out when I'm down in Orlando and, and say hi to me. And, uh, you know, uh, don't forget to, there's 14 things and you're like, ah, I don't know what to do. There's too many. I can't decide. So I don't do anything. Um, you, you know, give me that clear one because that sounds great. <laughs> I ended up calling pancakes and asking for my mom, and it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't work. I don't know what happened. It got them all confused. Yeah. So pick the one thing you want me to do. Like, hey, we'd love to. We'd love to have you get involved with the show. You can. Uh, you can find out how you can share this podcast with your friends and get them to learn more. You can figure out how you can get involved in the foundation. You can even yeah. send us an email if you'd like. All of that is over at 
wmfpodcast.org. Connect with us there. We'd love to hear from you. And that's the one thing I want you to do is go to the website. So make that call to action clear and concise and give them one thing to do. You'll you'll, uh, see much more engagement if it's one thing and one thing only and just make them make them do that one thing. Yeah, that was the, no, I, the I, tried to, I tried to do that in in later episodes. I think I might have heard y'all's broadcast maybe after recording this. Okay. But I took it. But no, I wonder my kind of like tagline that came out the first time and and I've just been reusing it is I say something like uh my idea is to give one call to action but then also to say, remember to listen widely, open ears equals open minds, and we'll catch you next time. Perfect. The, that listen widely is not adding to the call to action, right? Right. It's still, okay, right up. Yep, yep. Make- Your call to actions, go visit the website or, or you know, subscribe to the whatever. podcast or whatever the, whatever the thing you want them to do. The, the listen widely, that's just kind of, you know, love and be loved. That's, you know, yeah. it's not really a call to action. It's more of a state of mind and a way of being. Right on. Yeah. The, and the if thing, I call to action, sorry, Dave. That's all right. I think I've interrupted you a couple of times. That's all right. The, the, my call to action specifically to Dave is now you know about Blind Lemon Jefferson. Tell one of your guitar friends about Blind Lemon Jefferson. Yes. That's all I ask. <laughs> well, I knew him. It was the. Um, oh, it's Charlie Patton. Charlie Patton was the one I'm like. Yeah. Him. Yeah. So yeah. Like, Tell somebody okay. about Charlie Patton. One person. One person. Yeah. Guitar player. <laughs> but uh, speaking of the website, we might as well jump into that. Um, this is it. It's again, it's WMFpodcast.org. And the thing I love about it, it was, it's clean and simple. Uh, I've got a thing right here for the latest episode. If I want to see all the episodes, I got subscribe buttons. I got a play button. Everything is here. I don't have to move. I have to scroll it all to, to really get somebody to take action here. Uh, it's, I know where I'm at. You've got your logo here. You got it up here. Uh, the color scheme kind of ties in with a green button on the play button. You got your voicemail and it's, it's super simple. And then you've got a, an about us page that explains, and this is where you get into the foundation. The one thing I'm, I, w- I don't know, Eric, what do you think? I was thinking if, if one of the things is to drive traffic and to get donations for the music foundation, I would almost want to put another link up here, like, you know, here's the foundation page or something like that. Because the only thing I thought of, if the idea of, because you did mention it, you you do mention it, but I don't know, like, I don't know what it's about. I don't know besides, you know, teaching and things like that. But when I hear like, I, I guess maybe I'm thinking too much of a, a Jerry Lee, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. The Jerry Lee Lewis foundation. <laughs> Every labor day, there he is whole lot of shaking going. Uh, I don't know what that foundation stands for. I don't yeah. know that I want to know, <laughs> but um, you know, I don't know if there's like, I guess I'm throwing into PBS. You know, if you, if you join as a member of the foundation for $10, you get the official, you know, uh, WMF handkerchief and the, you know, that whole nine. I don't know if that's, how it works or anything like that. Uh, that was I, one of my thoughts, Dave, is when I got to the page, it was kind of hard for me to like, I want to support the foundation. How do I do it? Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of dink around a little bit until I figured out, Oh, wait a minute. It's under the about us page. Yeah. And that's where the description is. You know, I almost like to see here on the, and I, it doesn't need to be blatant, but just a way 
where where the blue button say the latest episode page and uh, all available episodes, maybe there's a button right below it that says support the foundation or something like that. Or, you know, get involved with the foundation or some sort of a, a way for people who love the show to easily find a way to support the show. Dig that. You know, I'm yeah. not opposed to <laughs> I was laying off because we're, we're so new and I, I didn't think anybody would be at this point already saying, hey, what is this foundation about or ready to get involved? I'd love to add something on there without being over the top with it, but. Yeah, that, that yeah, and, and that's where I said it, it doesn't have to be a big giant, you know, pledge drive, uh, but mm-hmm. just you know, explain what it is for more information. Or if you want to get involved, you know, links at the website uh, wmfpodcast.org, and then just have a little button there for for people to jump into. Because if that's one of the goals of the podcast is to raise awareness, it's great mm-hmm. to have people get involved with. You know, that the goal is to get them involved with uh, the podcast and to build that relationship with them. But eventually you want them to, to follow that call to action of, hey, you know, help the foundation. Uh, that would, that's the only thing I thought of that I'm like, mm. and then I finally, like I said, when I went to About Us, I was like, oh, here it is. So, and then you've even got a website there. So I would just somehow, you know, maybe take this link and, you know, or like uh, Eric said, the, the blue buttons here on the front, but you've got a contact page. Um, you know, there's a picture of you and everything else. And the website's nice and clean. It loads fast. You've got, I love the fact you have subscribe buttons everywhere uh, because that's the name of the game with, with podcasting. And you go to your subscribe page and you've got all the buttons again here that were on the front page. So, which is great. Cause that's, you know, that's kind of the name of the game. Um, do you ever, the only thing I could think of maybe is on the contact us page. That's more mm-hmm. of a contact form. Um, have you ever thought of starting an email list? Yes. And I do on the, on our main website. So that's okay. true. I should have. Here. Yeah. Cause just, just a, to, to do two things, let people know there's a new episode out and B just another chance to go. If you'd like to be part of the foundation, click here. Yeah. So um, yeah, the uh, right below where it says world music foundation podcast, it says it's a podcast that explores the beauty and connectedness of musical cultures around the world. I might even add in a bit about the foundation there. You know, it's a podcast that supports the mission of the foundation by exploring the beauty of connectedness of musical cultures around the world. You know, you know the just, person who, who designed the website Joe Dosti is with crazy chicken tech in yes. his company. He's, he built our entire world music foundation website, which is much more robust and all this other stuff. And he was, did, did great work on this and all the ideas that I shelved from him, y'all are all, <laughs> y'all are telling me. <laughs> no, <you're> <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I do like the clean, I like the clean look of the podcast website. I mean, it's when you get to it, it's, you find exactly what you're looking for. It's not cluttered up with a whole bunch of other nonsense. I love the cleanness of it and the easy, the ease of navigation. Um, just one or two little tweaks there, I think, would just help you reach your goal a little bit better. I'm not and, saying revamp the whole thing, but yeah. And the the other thing, and this is, just, I'm sorry, go ahead. Just like y'all have been telling me about the intro to the show, I can throw in these these little tidbits just to give a better full idea to the to the show itself on the website itself. Yeah. And, so, and this other thing is 
it's just like, hey, if you got the time, you could do because you have subscribe buttons right here. You almost don't need these. Uh, but in Libsyn, you have a, 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 a button here for to show subscribe buttons, which, again, you kind of already have. But if I click on this, the only thing right now is your RSS feed and your website. So if you go into settings, edit show settings, you can take all the links uh, that you have up here and put them in there and they'll actually be on the Libsyn player just in the event that somebody clicks those. Um, but, but other than that, I thought it was, you know, like I say, it was easy to, uh, there's not much, you know, this is a great example of a podcast website. You know, you've got your episodes, you got subscribes, you got contacts. That's really kind of all you need on a website and you've got a nice job of it being laid out. Who, who was it? Super chicken tech, something chicken, <laughs> crazy chicken tech, crazy chicken tech. Uh, did a great job of uh, just making it nice and, and easy to get to. While I have your the screen shared here, the one thing I did notice about your your sound file is most of the time it's great. I, in fact, I never adjusted the volume, and it's interesting because there are parts of this where, like, this was the first music. Now, when I first heard this, it was really, really quiet, and I thought mm -hmm. it was because it was a recording from 1910, and then I went, no, it was really, really quiet because somebody forgot to turn up the juice on this to uh, to bring it up but at the at the time i didn't think it was a mistake i just thought wow that's an old recording that's why mm -hmm. you know it, it just sounded you know not great and then here these are phone calls and you can see uh for those of you that are listening the the phone calls are obviously much 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 louder than the rest of the show but here's the they go to part. 11 they go to 11 <laughs> but what's interesting because their phone calls there's no bass to them for, for if there was, if this was a great fidelity recording and not that it sounded horrible, it sounded like the phone, this would be blowing my head off. But because mm -hmm. their phone, it didn't really, cause I actually went through here just as a, a test and said, Hey, can we kind of like cut this off at like minus six? And I listened to, and it really wasn't that much of a difference. Uh, I just did kind of one of these and uh, it's thinking about it. It's still thinking about it, but anyway, it would, uh, it would kind of scale those down to match the rest of, there we go. And it really didn't sound a whole lot different. And I'm like, well, that's really weird. Cause that should sound a lot less. And the reason for that is I think these were phone calls. And so when you're boosting up the volume, it, it, you know, I'm not, so I'm not sure. Cause when I did this, I thought, well, can I now not hear them? And I was like, no. So it's, it's odd that these are really, really loud, but yet. This is, this is a big thing. We, Alex Heaney is the, is the person who worked on the sound. He's one of the mm -hmm. interns and he's, he's great. He gets into this stuff and, and technical. I do a lot of it by ear. If it sounds yeah. great, whatever the graph showing, all yeah. I know is it's sound. All right. So, yeah, but so this is interesting. I haven't even seen, seen this. It's really yeah. obvious what you're pointing out. Yeah. And yeah, you can adjust that, but just by highlighting it in your, in your audio software, regardless of what you're using, there should be an amplify, sort of uh, command in there, something like that, that'll boost or decrease the volume. Yeah. And, and you play with it, you know, you might decrease it by three decibels and look, see what it looks like. If it's not enough, undo it, decrease it by six. Um, you might boost it by 10 if that's too much, undo it. Uh, and it's easy on a, you just, you, you alt Z and you'll it usually undoes whatever you just did and you yeah. can do it again. It's super easy. Yeah. So again, when I listened to it, I didn't even notice it except yeah, for the, the very first music that I was like, wow, that's, and I was just like, ah, oh, well it's, you know, from whatever 1910 or something like that. But, uh, 
all in all, I thought it sounded, I thought you sounded great. I, I thought uh, for phone calls, I thought those sounded, you know, uh, thankfully it wasn't, you know, a phone call from 1910, you know, Watson, get in here or whatever. Uh, it, 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 you know, they, they were okay. Uh, and especially the fact that, um, you know, you're doing all these interviews in different places and, and things like that. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, when you're doing a phone, uh, an interview on site, I always love it when somebody's like, you know, and they got all this handling noise on the microphone. There wasn't really much of that. I think I heard somebody bump the microphone once, but I'm like, ah, that's, you know, you're allowed to give me on that. But uh, all in all, I thought the website, I thought the the sound of it, everything was fine. There really wasn't a whole lot that I was like, it reminded me, I don't know if you're going for NPR. I guess we all kind of lump it in with NPR when you hear our narrative style podcast. We all just kind of jump to that. And I just thought, this sounds like a program that would, my grandma used to listen to NPR all the time. And so we'd be at grandma's house running in and out, playing in the leaves. And I'm like, this sounds like a program that would have been on the radio at grandma's house because it's educational. And when you're little, you're like, educational? Uh, I don't put that, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was a great show. And the only thing really that I would say try to tweak would be that intro like Eric was talking about. Uh, Eric, what were your, kind of your final thoughts on this? That was it. I love the storytelling. I love the way it was all put together. Um, I, I know it takes a long time to do an episode like this, and I can understand why you only do them every now and then, but it was mm-hmm. I, it was very intriguing. I love this kind of storytelling in this sort of uh, episode, and I would just tweak the beginning of it a little bit just to kind of welcome everybody to the party, tell them what the party's all about, why they're here, and what you're doing at this particular episode. Uh, so we can get them into the the crux of the conversation. Um, I love that. My I think my favorite thing about this whole show was uh, your accent. It's kind of like uh, Louisiana meets Wisconsin, and it's and you can't really you know when you said you're from Texas, I'm like, wow, that's not a Texas accent. That's kind of a that's like Mississippi meets uh, Milwaukee. Like it's, don't you know? <laughs> it's like, it was great. And then I couldn't tell your ethnicity because then you started talking about the blues and I'm like, wow, what is his ethnicity? And I couldn't, uh, you're, you're, it, it was really cool. It was very like your whole persona uh, lends well to the, the idea of world music and one culture. And I, I just, I, I found it, it was a great listen. I, I really enjoyed the show. Right on. Thank you. And I'm, I'm mixed, so I am ambiguous. I'm half Mexican, <laughs> half Caucasian. But yeah, I love what, that y'all are into the way that I narrate and I speak because it's like always telling the truth. You don't have to remember your lies. You yeah. know, I didn't want to create a character that I had to remember. Well, how would I say this on the podcast? Yeah. Just be able to just get in front of everything else takes so much time. Why add that extra trouble of figuring out how do I talk on this show? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Thanks for sharing it with us. Yeah. Did you have any questions for us? Uh, I actually, if you can go back to the website, it's kind of a small one, but because we have these two different types of, of episodes, I didn't know if there's anything we should do to, to differentiate the two because I understand you said before, like there's some people who care about this and some that don't. I do. Even when I hear back the clips of myself and I, I hear a topic, I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. I get totally into this, but there's so many people that are not going to be into the spotlight on Paramount or there'll be people that are only into those kind of spotlights and not want to hear about an Iranian Costa Rican guitar duo 
in their interview on how they met and what improvisation means. So thinking ahead to fans that like, oh, I'm going to skip the interviews. I just want to hear spotlights or I'm, I want to skip the spotlights and only hear interviews. Should we, should we label them differently? Like, should we actually say spotlight episode paramount records? I think if you find it important to your audience uh, between the two, to personally, I think if people are into world music, they're going to enjoy both. Unless you're unless you're hearing from listeners that say, "Stop with the with the spotlight," and I just want to hear the interviews. Um, I think people who enjoy music and enjoy the stories that you tell are going to enjoy both the the interviews and the spotlights. But if you find it troubling. And you and you feel the need to denote between the two. I would add it at the end. So if it if it were Strunz and Farah uh, talk tale of two guitars at the end, just put the interview or you know the spotlight, and then that way, as people become fans of the show and they get used to it, they'll know if it says interview at the end, it's an interview episode. If those are the only two that you do. I would add it toward the end. I would not add it toward the beginning because Apple podcasts and Stitcher, you know, they only show so many characters. And so if you start with the interview, uh, Hera and Faza talk and then it stops and you're like, I don't know what that means. So uh, I would always put the guest or the subject matter of the spotlight at the beginning and then end with interview and spotlight. If you think it's necessary personally, Unless you're getting a lot of feedback from a lot of listeners, one or two, I would just ignore. Thankfully, no one said, I hate when you do those other ones, but some say, I really like these kind or do more, you know, so there's been some preference. Would you understand if I put spotlight, would that, would both of you, would that get across to you? Would you know what that means? Because I kind of arbitrarily chose that word. Spotlight to me sounds like an interview, like you're spotlighting the artist where you know this one i don't know i i would almost call this history maybe or i don't know if the other ones are that historical yeah, all kind of different like we just came back from another one in wisconsin there's a americana festival but alongside it they have multicultural workshops hmm. and they imported the americana musicians but they had in the small town Balinese gamelan and Kathak dancing and all this other stuff. So we have the raw material. It's going to turn it into something, but it's not going to be history. So it's going to be just like, this is our topic. So is this one here at the top of the screen we're looking at? Uh, I can't read it really well. It's part. How was it? How do you say it? Uh, Bumiwa. It's a Yupik Inuit band in Alaska. We, I went on okay. location. Is that, an, is that an interview or a story episode? interview okay so with something like that you might put the most famous intuit band in the world and then you might put uh bamula the interview or you might put if it's the story episode you might put the most famous intuit band in the world and then you might say the story of bamula so so it might be the story of so maybe uh how a piece of how a piece of music history was almost lost the story of paramount records so then I would know it's a story or I would know it's an interview. Great input. I like yeah. that idea. And not to use spotlight because that's exactly the opposite effect of what I was thinking. It sounded like an interview. So yeah, we'll scratch that. Okay. 
Yeah, because I, I maybe it's just from the circles I've run in, you know, our spotlight guest, our spotlight person is always like, you know, putting yep, it on. I would agree some, with that. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe it's the story of whatever you're telling me the story about, or it's the interview with uh, whoever you're interviewing. And then because the I'm still saying spotlight because the story of episodes are much less frequent, I would think maybe just to add story of to those and just jump right in and leave these. Or do you think I should put interview on the end of each of those? Yeah. Maybe if interview is the default category, um, you know, like if I saw this one here that says, uh, uh, stunts and Farah, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of understand. Yeah. I see the two guys in the picture. I see the title of the episode. I kind of get that you're going to interview them. Like if that's the default category, if you do it like that, um, where you start with their name and then you, and then you have kind of a title after it, I think that kind of implies interview. And then maybe if maybe the others, you just add the story of Paramount records or the story of whatever it is. And the last question, or I think it's my last question overall, but definitely about titles, uh, in Apple podcasts or however they're supposed to be called, you can put it, you put in the actual number. And when you look at the episode list, it tells you the numbers for the others, for all the other pod players. Should I put one dot Dave Pietro Grammy award winning saxophone two dot. Should I add the number to the title? Don't don't put it at the beginning. If you're going to put it in the title, put it at the end. Yeah, so the, it should be the uh, the story of Paramount Records dash you know EP zero two or something. Yeah. So in because you're using Libsyn when you when you make a new episode, a lot of people get and, and I understand why gets confused. And the good news is Apple's taking some of the stuff away. They kind of went, um, yeah, we messed up. Um, <laughs> is you have the title at the top. I doubt they said that. Yeah. Uh, but at the title at the very top is the title for everybody. So, uh, except Apple Podcasts. So this yeah. is where Eric was saying, and I'm with Eric. I, I, A, I'm not even sure why we talk about episode numbers because nobody is Googling, you know, episode well, 16. Here, here's the reason why is because like in that episode, I feel like I did a bad job because I direct everybody, the one we just listened to, yeah. I direct everyone, go to WMFpodcast.org, but I should be saying go to WMFpodcast.org forward slash two. Yes. And, you can, and so you can do that without putting two in the title. I mean, that's just a pretty link because I don't actually put the episode numbers rarely in my post. Not that that makes it right, but if people always wonder like, well, how do you find that? I go, because I tell them where to go schoolofpodcasting.com slash 682 takes you right to my 682 episode, but there's, it doesn't say 682 anywhere. Um, and that's, that's just, this is a tomato tomato kind of thing. There's no right or wrong way. I just, for me, I I'm with Eric, the, the title, I've seen people triple their downloads by changing their title. And I just know mm-hmm. in the end, nobody cares that it's episode 36. So if you're going to do that, put it at the end, but this would be, so you can have the, you know, the story of, you know, uh, what is it? Pioneer Records, you know, and then episode two. Um, and I would even put that like ep two. I don't know if I would swap the whole word. Now down here in the Apple podcast optimization, you would just have the title. No episode, no nothing because they want the episode number down here. And then this summary thing right here is being, I believe the official phrase is de-emphasized because <laughs> people thought, 
you, it was either this, the summary, or your description. And the truth is they're both in Apple Podcasts. It's just that this summary thing is supposed to be like two sentences long and people keep cramming it full of war and peace. And so uh, we're actually, uh, Libsyn right now is working on, as Apple gets ready to de-emphasize it, we're getting ready to uh, roll out a tool where people can actually just delete whatever's in here and it will default back to whatever's in the description. But um, yeah, so that's, that's that. And also uh, in your author field here, you can put your name and then whoever the guest is. Uh, so it could be like, if it was me and Eric, it'd be Dave Jackson, comma, Eric K. Johnson, comma, John Gardner. And that way, if somebody goes in and searches for John Gardner, they're going to find my show along with your show. But that's just another way because it's uh, Apple's search doesn't search much, but it searches the author field. Now, don't spam that, by the way. Don't go John yeah. Gardner, King of the World, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, uh, things like that. On but fire. Music. Yeah, Download. on fire. Yeah, John Gardner on fire. Uh, so you have your author field. It searches the the title of the episode and then the title of the the podcast. That's it. So everybody loves to go crazy on the description and like no. And they 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 used to search other things. It just people spammed them all the time to where Apple just went all right. And that's why they kind of started smacking people because they were really spamming the author field. And they're like, look. You know, you can't tell me that Apple Podcasts stinks when you keep ruining every field that we, yeah, we try to serve. Yeah. So, yeah, but the, uh, the World Music Foundation podcast, Strings uh, of Ra, World Music Foundation podcast, Dave Pietro, guest name is fine, and the author. Yeah. So, there right. we go. Anything else we can answer for you? Man, I think that is pretty good. Got through without crying. There we go. Awesome. That's what we're looking for. Very proud of you. Yeah. So you can find John over again at WMFpodcast.org. Eric, you can find him at podcasttalentcoach.com. Eric, what's coming up on uh, Podcast Talent Coach? We've been talking a lot about branding lately and just about how to use storytelling to really uh, to make your brand powerful and connect with people. So uh, always looking for great topics and, and subject matter. And over at uh, schoolofpodcasting.com, uh, my last episode, I just interviewed Kristen Meinzer, who has a new book coming out tomorrow, which by the time you hear this will be earlier in the week, called So You Want to Start a Podcast. It's actually a really good book, and she's quite entertaining and makes some really good points. So uh, you can check that out. And uh, John's got the chair warmed up. If you'd like to be on the podcast review show, simply go out to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. And uh, John, was it was it that painful? Are you, are you okay? Well, that's how you grow. <laughs> I won't say it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's great. It's a man. Y'all really offer an awesome resource. That I I think I emailed Dave and said one time that when I first got into podcasting, which wasn't that long ago, even just listening, I found you two and there's a couple of others that, but mainly y'all. And I and I just thought, oh man they can't keep doing this. I got to like take action right now. Cause there's no way they're giving away amazing information <laughs> in this little window of time. What are the odds that I came along at this time? Y'all yeah, been doing it for decades, but, <laughs> but y'all we y'all love really it. are. So thanks so much. Thanks right. for being here. Yep. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for tuning into our show. If you'd like to get reviewed, go to podcast slash review me. Want to give us a review? go to podcastreviewshow.com slash iTunes. Links to today's podcast, along with ways for you to connect with us, can be found at our website, 
at podcastreviewshow.com. Looking for an in-depth review? Need some podcasting pointers? Sign up for a coaching session with Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com.